next segment that we're going to hop into is around the water cooler. Uh, so if you guys got a topic of discussion, uh, we have a water cooler channel in the podcast discord, and that's where we discuss and talk about these various subjects. Um, one subject that we'd like to hear from you guys about, um, but we're going to chat a little bit ourselves about today is what does the end game look like for us? So Lex, what does the end game look like for you? Me personally, I, I, I would like, I think the end game to get into one of the real high tier production lines that takes a lot of setup and work to me that would be a success um you know some, something that not every player could do but i think is a i think a corporation may be a little bit larger i i, I would love the corporation to basically build a base and really get into an interesting production business and supply it and and i would love to be able to do that outside of the faction space but that's a whole another can of worms but to me uh being you know, having a number of ships, being able to supply a reasonable number of bases, and then really pick one of the the higher end product lines, and be a primary producer of that. That to me is is a personal end game goal. Is that right? I didn't know that you had that. Yeah. No, I mean everybody hopefully has their own, but to me that's I, I do I, myself. I I didn't know yours actually. That's cool. Yeah, and I haven't picked. I haven't figured out what it is. It, it it's probably one of the parts needed for ships or one of the things needed to supply the bases or so, something that uh, the problem with the infrastructure bases, then I have to convince somebody to buy it instead of, you know, just donate it to their production capability. But to me, that would be interesting because I, I do see that, you know, there are, there are a number of sort of lesser commodities, things that you don't not that aren't the main part for everything. And they require going out and getting them. They're not sitting around the. They're not sitting around any good quantities in any easy place, and so maybe having a base that produces a large amount of it, and then produces, and then the production capability to build one of those things. And then the interesting thing to me is is all the components up to that, because the so many of you know you go to that really big fancy ship part, and there's like two or three phases where you just can't get anything on the market. And I'm assuming there's people that make those things, and you might yeah. be able to buy from them. Oh, 100%. But, there probably is. But you just don't know who they are. You don't know who they are. And so, sort of working back from, I want to make this thing. It's, it's essentially the same thing. One of the appealing things about the corporation that was going on at the beginning, when you had, we were talking about ideas of, of making some difficult to make part, I think to me, what, I, what I'm beginning to realize is that there are some very interesting in game problems. But they're not. I'm not going to get to them for a while. I'm just they're not, and I need to focus on some more intermediary goals, which I'm completely fine with. But to be able to produce one of the key components that's that's needed for one of the high end things, ships right now is an example of that. But if they add some new things to the game that require that and be one of those suppliers, to me that would be a success because I I think the thing that they've done right in this game more than any other thing is they've made it impossible for one player to do everything. I actually think it's a really good thing. And so when I talked about earlier about the ships, I'm really like, just make it possible for a player to be good at one really difficult thing. Give them the, the tools to do that. Don't make it so they can do everything in the game, but make it so that players can 
pick an area and have a reasonable ability to produce something that they have to invest in that not everyone would get into, but but they can do without incredible amounts of other problems. To me, that's that's rewarding. And so that's the kind of thing that I'm aiming for. And like I said, I haven't picked what it is. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, I do, we don't know exactly yet. Yeah. But to me, you know, right now it's like just get some bases going, get some of the basic uh, capacity, work into the corporation goals, which is a medium to long term goal for me. Just build up the corporation's capabilities, and then pick one specific thing and become like one of the leading producers of it, or at least one of the participants in that market, and have built my capacity to do it. That's that to me is a is an in game goal. What is yours? I'm, I'm obviously besides being governor of Katoa. What, what Ooh, I just got asked a question. <laughs> um, it's a great question. I I I don't feel like you know I'm in a weird spot. Like everybody has a goal, right? Everybody has a goal, and they're like, I want to do this. For me, I don't have a goal yet. I'm I'm so early into my journey, if that makes sense. I, I would agree. Does that make sense? It does. I will say that what I've seen so far is your goal has been very corporate goals. That's one of the differences between the two of us. Sure. Yeah, it, yeah. it is wider goals. It is wider goals, yeah. So I would say that I what I've seen from you is is more of a of a group type of build a group kind of thing, which admittedly is a plan to have a plan as opposed to necessarily specific steps. Yeah, but, like I'll, I'll know my goal when I find it, but like it's not like it's not like grow the corporation to this. Like everybody's like, I got a goal, and then they like dip off, right? They're like, I did it, yay! For me, it's like there's no dipping, there's no dip out point for me right now. And. And I th I think that can be I mean, these these games can be pl people playing for a long time if it's done the right way. You know, yeah, that's that's the the challenge. Of course, is always just how do you you know how do you keep people interested? And there's a lot of different theories about that. But fundamentally, I I do believe that yeah, there is there's plenty of potential to do. And, and I and I will say, looking at their roadmap, I, I do I do like some of their ideas of what they're trying to do, uh, which I'm hoping are exciting. But you know, it, it's I think you've hit on a problem that's actually harder than mine, which is how to get a working group of people. Because I think that's the harder problem, right? If, if let's say yeah, I said that I you're oh Lex, you're speaking my language, dude. That is that is my that is my biggest concern right now. Yeah, so if I say I want to, I want to get in the standard STL engine market. Yeah, you know, I want to build standard STL engines. That's the thing I want to do. Yeah, right? and I'm like, well, great, the, great. Yeah, stop. Well, <laughs> pause. But, but, but to me, I'm like, I could break that down into a series of things I need to do. Exactly. I would rather somebody come to me and be like, I want to build this, and I'm willing to help fund it. Like if somebody came to me with a plan already, like how to build an STL engine, right? And they had, they were like, I have many planets. I have lots of profit. I want to share it with a group of people in our corporation and go after STLs right now, like right now. I'd be like, yeah, do it. So corporation, if you're listening, do, do I'm, am I making sense, Lex? It is. Yeah. And but so that's, if but somebody that's... came to us and was like, I want a lot, like I want to invest in like an STL engine group, make it happen. I'll, you have my blessing. And I think that just reflects a different. So I'm an engineer by 
by heart, right? I like I like the engineering problem. That I mean, I don't engineer. I'm not an engineer. So engineer it, figure it out. You're my blessing. Well, well, but this is this is the observation that I, you know, one of the things that I've had to explain to younger engineers and their career software people is you oh, need no, to. He's going to explain something to me, isn't no, he? But but it's, it's software engineers. Like half the software engineers I talk to, they like they hate politics. It's it, they hate it, think it's horrible, it's awful, and I'm like, dude, you've biggest mistake I made in my early career biggest mistake was underestimating the importance of the political aspects of the job. Now, I don't mean that in a, in a negative way, like, oh, those damn politicians. I mean, in the just, Jeez, he's going there, meta. Are, there are human factors. So the interesting problem of... So you're saying that this, I have to deal with the politics, like a, like a baron, essentially? No. Well, it's a court. Okay, if you're like going to run a second in command... Running a corporation is a political enterprise. You got to get people me. together. Oh no! You Guys, know, he's bringing politics into our corporation. <laughs> hey, hey. So I'm. Let me be completely clear. I'm Guys, using it. As, help me! I, I'm blinking twice. You can't see it. Help! <laughs> I, I I I walked right into that. So it, <laughs> I, I use the word politics in its neutral sense of the art of dealing with people and their needs and their problems and the interactions of just resourcing how do you how do you get people to build things how do you convince them to keep doing it like the problems that are beyond just me with my ships somewhere right that i mean that's a that's a that's a me thing i i have to go figure out what ships i want to have where and what production chains interesting fascinating problem the problem you're dealing with is kind of different where you're i need to get a bunch of people to act as a group with individual components and pieces and i need to keep that together when oh, there's a lot of okay. that's what I mean. That's I what I mean you. by politics. I, yeah. I I mean I mean politics. It's, in very, very, it's logistics. It's logistics. That's really well, what it is. But it, logistics is an element of it. But like I said, I mean the term in its its neutral sense, which yeah. nowadays is sort of everybody sees that term as evil because of the well the fact that there's some really crappy politicians. But the actual art of going into rooms and convincing people to support your ideas and give you the resources and help you out. Like that is all really important skills. And I don't know another word other than politics. I mean, you might, I would use a better word if I could, but politics is very clearly what you, one of the things you have to solve. Just, yeah. Yeah. And so the problem and is I'd you, be willing to do that. That's like part of, that's, well, that's part of my job, right? That's, but that's the difference between you and me. And it's not that I don't, I won't do the politics. It's that, when we and I talk, one of the fascinating things is you were thinking about the that element of the of the building of the corporation. You you you're thinking about the ways to get people to interact together and solve each other's problems. And I'm just like I, I want to build this thing and make money, right? It's like that's a much more narrow set of problems that I think about. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just in some senses. Uh, the difference between a successful and unsuccessful corporation, I think, often comes down to that. And the difference between really interesting in-game problems is going to come down to that. A, one of the things we haven't really talked about in the in-game is the real in-game is when a group of people will solve a problem together. And that is much harder than any individual thing, right? And maybe that's because, my maybe that's my goal, but I don't even I don't even like to dare I dare I say Oh man, I don't want to sound this way, but I will for a second. That that's when my game starts, maybe. 
and 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 that is that's totally valid and and one of the things i love about games like this and this is why you know getting into this new player experience thing it's like i you want people to get into that part of the game right it's like people have this conversation in, in like massive multiplayer it's like why do you make people go 60 levels to get to the game like why do they have to go through that step yeah and, and yeah, nowadays that's it's like, like the that's the end game that's the classic end game you're yeah, right it's like, the, it's like it's like I'll see, it's like hey dude you should play this game it's like oh yeah sure get the game it's like oh i didn't tell you oh yeah i'll see you in seven months <laughs> and so to me it's like let's get people past the the early start into that middle game into the you know solving how, all the interesting problems you know what i see this as you know what i see this as? you ever like been to like a ski chalet like a, like a ski hill mm. yeah if you if, if you knew me you would laugh at the very thought of me trying to ski i want to be fun i am i am you know, as close my reflexes are about as you know, bad like, as they get on a scale. Like, but you I know what like a ski hill is right yes i do yeah so there's a ski chalet, right? And there's a like a chairlift, and you go up the chairlift to the top of the hill, right? And then you ski down. And so it it's sort of like this game is a lot like that, where your corporation is the chairlift, if that makes sense. So you're trying you know, to get I... players on the chairlift up to the hill as possible fast as possible, because then you have set up these runs for them to do. You know, if I had, if I had, am I making immortal, sense? <laughs> if I literally became immortal, I hear tomorrow, silence and I get, to, I get scared. Oh my god, I'm not making sense to him. So, so, I'll, so I'll tell you what, what just the thought that entered my head is totally. <laughs> I'm, break, off I'm breaking, I'm breaking up. <laughs> I thought to myself that if I was granted immortality tomorrow, I could live the rest of my existence, and I would never have thought of that analogy. Just it, it. It's just different personalities. There's nothing wrong with the analogy. It's just, it, you're right in the sense that you're getting people up to the point where they can do the thing they want to do. By the way, in case you're wondering, podcast, yes, we have different personalities. <laughs> it's, it is interesting. It's a, it sounds rare sometimes, just the way we talk, but it happens. <laughs> we do have different personalities. But I just, I, that analogy really caught me because it, it comes from such a different place, but it's not, it's an apt one. And, you know, it, it, it does reflect a, a different element of like... I feel validated, is, guys. I feel, I feel validated, <laughs> okay? I feel wanted now. You know, and I, I kind of hate that That's actually why I'm here. That's my goal is to feel validated, people, okay? That's my end game goal right there. <laughs> I do kind of hate that they call that the end game. <laughs> my grandmother didn't thing. love me enough. Because <laughs> the end game in chess is when... Do you play mechanically and you solve for the win? Like it's the point at which the payoff happens. <laughs> and yet, the end game in a game like this, there is no end game, right? It's which which you're really talking. <laughs> just about. I, I better just stop. I'm just thinking about it, like the valid the you have reached level validation. <laughs> <laughs> But that that is one of the things about this game that oh, they are they are that they are gonna have to have, right. It is what Let's, what are people It's doing? level validation, dude. Like that's 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 it. Oh man. I I I do have a curiosity myself of like what the game's in game looks like once the once more players are at that mature game stage. And there there are some now. I'm not saying there aren't, but you know, it just well, when you know. Oh, sorry. Continue. Sorry. No, but it's like what what happens? Because 
you know, really successful games that, that people play for years generally have a particularly appealing end game. Like that, that is, if the game doesn't have that good final or late stage, better say late stage for a game to keep playing, if the late stage is not rewarding, that it, there is a noticeable drop off at that point. One of the things that encourages me about this game is it is clear that there are a number of players who've been playing a long time, which is suggestive of a positive in-game experience or a late game experience. So I'm, uh, I am. I don't know about you know, that. There's a, there's people. Yeah, sure. I, mean, I, 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 like I said, once again, I only see the ones like the governors and, and sure. people that have, you know, the, there are certain people that have clearly been playing a year, year and a half. And that's, that's a length of time. Yeah. And so, Hey uh, Lex, I just, I'm going to pause for a quick second to just hold your thought. I'm just going to grab a drink I'll be right back. I'm just going to wash it. So yeah, we just uh, we are back from our break finally, uh, <laughs> a nice thirty minute break where we just kind of, kind of start discussing th discussing things again, such as uh, validation. And uh, I finally got validation from Lex. I told a joke that was funny, and you know, uh, yeah, I got validation, which is is really great, wasn't it, Lex? You get you get your win for the night. You yeah. give yourself give yourself a pat on the back. I will. I will. It's a very nice. But you there. actually have hit on, I think, an interesting thing about late game, which is the, the goals and and how we it, how we sense that we've done something right. So, yeah, because you've yeah. talked because yeah, I would love to kind of know, like, what your like. I'll ask you a specific one. How being a governor fits into how you want to get there? Like what? what that gives you, what you get out of that experience. Cause to Money. me, it looked like an awful, I don't think that's what you do that for. Like that's, uh, it will be what I do it for. <laughs> Come hell or I don't know water, how, water. I don't know how much governors make, but I suspect given the amount they of, make a lot. Involved, they can make a lot, but, but how much do they have to spend of it? I, I would hope they would make money cause they get your fees, but is, is it literally, cause so if, if like governors, money, okay, let's okay. Get ready. Let's, let's dive in. I'm diving all the way to the bottom. Katoa, just a sec here. Katoa uh, Chamber. Uh, pa, 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 pa. Do you know where their planet local rules? Here it is. So currently, it costs like 10 CIS for any Pioneer Jazz. Yeah, and I'm sure that adds up. Right. Yep. Yeah, but not that much, right? So what if all of a sudden I jumped that to 100? Then you would have a riot on your hands, I suspect. Do you think I would? You'd get voted do out. You if you, I, do you think people would you, just not notice? I, I have a feeling if you if you put the price 10 times as much, you will be a one-term governor. That's what I think. So are you saying I should just adjust it very slowly over time? Yeah, it's boil frog, right? Just don't... If you, don't don't piss everybody that you're supposed to be governing off. Or you will we'll bleep out all these parts, guys. Don't worry. So you won't actually know what we're talking about here. <laughs> I, that's you know. I suspect just from a guess that a lot of the governors keep their fees low for tactical reasons. It just it. it I I'd be curious how many governors. You know what's one thing that never is brought up actually, like in the new player start is the local rules of a planet. We never chat about that ever. I, 
I know they're there, but the reality is, is that a lot of the governors, from what I could tell, keep the price down low for beginning stuff. <coughs> and you, you see a definite jump in the rules when it starts getting into the nice, profitable, but also the things that require a lot of infrastructure. And so you, you have to pay to play a little bit at that point to cover some of the cost of operating. This whole game is so dominated by the logistical challenges. Like, how do you logistically support a thing? And a planet that is near a CX, that's near a bunch of other good things, that's got started a large starting population. I mean, that's a natural place to put engineers, just because of the ability to support that is just higher there. You'll have a lot of players that have bases there already that you could take your, you don't really need, <coughs> unless you're really, really into fuel, you don't need more than 500. You know, you've got room in that second set of permits to grow up and get into the engineering business. Cause I've, I've give, you're not actually talking about something I haven't thought about, right? Which is that basically to take two more permits, expand my Katoa out to a thousand, keep my refineries into the first half and then put my ADC production in the second half. I've seriously considered this. Like hmm. it's all been on because it's, it's all there to do. I mean, I've already got the base. I don't have to put the base capabilities down. Yes. It's cost me one extra permit, but I, yeah, I've already got things there and I've already got capacity there and I've got storage there. So there's just, that's an interesting thought actually. I never and considered main, that. You should have brought that up. That's a very good idea. Uh, I, I like that Malahat had an organization devoted to solving that problem. I don't, I never, knew if Katoa did so well and it seems like they do yeah and so I I didn't I didn't want sort of my selfish own thing to dominate the corporation's uh thinking I wanted something that was good for the corporation not just for me and I I Lucky did you. have in the back I did have in the back yeah. of my pocket that if we just couldn't come up with something as a corporation I would do production there for a while I did think of that but it wasn't a plan that I I didn't do anything about it because I'm like you know, it's better to do this group thing. I just really do believe that it's better to support the whole group approach, and, which gets back to this whole in-game thing, right? Which is that, you know, to me, the late game in-game is, you know, very corporation-driven, at least for me, and is around larger, more complex projects and larger, more group efforts. Being able to having the infrastructure support these big, huge infrastructure planets reasonably. Having all the supply chains, to me, that's the late game stuff, right? Just to be able to build the art galleries and all those things. And maybe maybe on a planet other than Katoa, right? Or some other place. Maybe, maybe not. I don't really know. Like, I have I will be honest. I don't know if I want to go out to the edge of the pl the map. Like, it's, it's too far from the CXs and the ships are too slow. So do I really want to do that? Like, is it really worth it? Which is a design, it's a design flaw in the game. Just designers, if you're listening... You got to rethink this. You know, you, you create this big giant map, and most of it's not useful. That's 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 an oops. You know, so rethink that. But uh, you know, it would be kind of interesting to have a planet out there and do something. But <laughs> but the reality is, is yes. My big worry about a corporation out in the boonies is what if we have five people leave and our our upkeep falls to shit and we're pieces. If you're on a no, planet, I don't think that'll happen. Like. But, you, but but if people, but if you're on a large planet, it's easier to do. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, that you have more redundant. The big thing here is like I'm not thinking. I'm not thinking now. Like if that makes any sense. Like like in terms of the podcast, in terms of the videos, and all this jazz that I'm making, it's like I'm definitely growing the audience, stuff like that. 
And there will come a day where it's like, we do probably lose a lot. And it's like, I don't expect to see that ever like, cr- like us crumble, if that makes sense. And, and really all I'm saying is, is that I'm not talking about whether it will or it won't so much as, as risk analysis. Sure. The, ben- the benefit to a Malahat or a Katoa is it's pretty easy. There's a lot of people invested. It's pretty easy to have redundancy to solve certain problems. I'm not saying it's easy. It's easier. Whereas if you were to go out and weigh out the boonies and you were to put a big, nice infrastructure planet there and you were to have three people get hit by a bus, all of a sudden you're in bad shape, right? It's just, it's a different, you know, yeah. oh, so that's, that, that's, that, that's how I think about that problem, right? It's like, it's, it's, it's not that I don't think that it's a good idea. It's just. There could be what, a point that it could collapse. Yeah, and it would collapse in a very in a very dangerous way where yeah. it just doesn't work at all and everybody's screwed. As opposed to something where there's multiple layers of redundancy and if one person falls out or a group of people fall out, the rest of it is still manageable and workable. And and this is a big difference between like the low tier stuff and the high tier stuff is the the complexity of, of that. I mean all else fails drinking water and rations, I mean they may not be exciting, but you can make them, and you don't. Anybody can get into it. It's simple. It's easy. You, know, you yeah. start trying to you start trying to supply these relatively rare materials that are only needed for specific buildings, and have no other market and no other supplier, and nobody else is buying it. Nobody else is using it, and that person quits because you're just not going to have any people making it. Then now you got a problem. So yeah. It's just, it's, it's something you got to think about. Yeah, no, you're right. Cause then it, it's a domino chain, right? At that point. Exactly. Correct. Oh yeah. It, it's, it once, it, it, it's, it's really like you, you know, you want, you want to, you need a strong foundation and the higher up you go in the tiers, the, the, the rickety or I've, I have left my poor pioneers and settlers with nothing but starvation <laughs> and, and they get unhappy i've, I've been there before already yeah <laughs> but they don't, they don't run off they don't run you off do, on you, you do right? the calculations and you're just like oh shoot <laughs> but it's a it's a recoverable tragedy you're not you're not done right no it's it, whereas if, if you've taken if you get in a situation where the upkeep and the support just isn't there and you have a massive loss of key components now you got people sitting on buildings that aren't being used loss of capital loss of time it, it builds on itself it is a domino and a lot of things go bad at the same time which you know it does not surprise me that the efforts that are doing that are focused on a relatively small number of sort of easily gotten to and easily supplied planets i mean I, i'm not saying that there's not some corporation out in the corner doing something it's just it's very you it, when i was looking for planets to do it on it occurred to me i should look at the big popular ones and to my complete lack of surprise you would see dip you'd see deeper infrastructure on those planets yeah 100 percent. and and you know that's <clears> just the upkeep yeah. up, the upkeep must be like insane actually yeah and that's taking a look at that yet i'm fairly sure just from the biggest problem with the upkeep is it's it's i should look at that Jeez, please. Let's get it. Pair, self-note. I'm going to look at that. It gets into this problem of what are you getting for what you're trading, right? That that upkeep is going to a purpose. But the person that is building those items is essentially taking a net loss 
except as a group. So you've got a you've got a problem of the commons now. Right? It's like you all have to contribute so that you all get the results. And of course, you're going to have all the freeloader issues and all the risks that come with that. But you know, when you value those things, you because this is the thing about the whole EDC thing that you and I have not really talked about enough when we talked about it. To really get EDCs, yes, they are profit, but you really have to factor in the infrastructure costs. It's true. How much does how well, and much the consumables does it cost? as well, right? Well, but actually, the consumables, I think we understand. I think we've we've thought through the consumables problem for the most part, and we've realized you need this amount of consumables, and this is what the market can supply, and then you you figure all that out and you make profit on it. I am far less sure of how much players would have to contribute in maintenance and infrastructure costs. And this is something you would learn as a governor to be very useful of what those really are. Yeah. And to understand and to understand now, you know, fees are supposed to help pay for some of that. They they may hopefully pay for all of it. I have I've no idea. Right. Maybe just the fees cover it. In which case then there is no freeloader problem. Everybody's buying their way through and problem solved. But it is a, it is a question I've had around this, and this is something a really experienced player. Hopefully, this is, hopefully we'll get great water cooler conversations on this, where people come in and give us answers. <laughs> to because uh, I'd love to. Like the what's the weakness of us is in this podcast? Neither of us is experienced in late game. We just aren't. It's true. And so experienced players come, and understand. come end game players come and talk. Yeah, to us. I, I I would love to to just get some real thoughts from players that. I'm I'm extrapolating, but Dunning Kruger is fully in effect here, and that is a problem for all of us, right? And uh, as I know more, I'll start becoming aware of what I don't know. But right now, I'm I'm just not aware of it, and so it's it's difficult for me to be. You know, I would say that's what I've learned from the nascent experience: is every time we opened that door, there was something else complicated involved we hadn't thought of. Yeah, it's true. Which is which is a good learning experience and makes the game fun. But, you know, there is a, to me, that's the interesting thing about the late games. Like, how complex can the late game really go at this point? Like, what is that point? And there's just a lot of things I, I sort of puzzle over, but I don't, I don't really know. And one of the big ones is just how much, you know, just how expensive those infrastructure projects are, how much effort, time, and resources. Once again, you know, remember, we are as players were cottage economies, you know, pre-industrial cottage economies. And so if, if we build these big bases, there's a, a, a certain amount of just stuff that has to be made to get there. And we can't scale. It's, a, it's not an industrial scaling. It's more of a linear scaling. Since it's not industrial scaling, but the, pyra but the costs are like a big pyramid of growing costs, just what does it take to support that? How many players actually have to be involved just questions I would I would love to have worked out. Yeah. And hopefully and hopefully the designers have sat down with formulas and come up with what all those numbers should be and really have a good sense of what that is. Yeah, that would uh, be I actually certainly, interesting. Certainly yeah. yeah. That's the questions I would well, love bake to bake it ask into the tutorial, that. right? That would be interesting as well. Yeah, you know, the the tutorial you know, you're <laughs> I'm glad you're remaking them because the tutorial Yeah, I actually worked uh, I actually finished the food processor tutorial. Uh, for the devs this week, actually, it's done. That's right here. I, I so the first I, two are done, and then the food processor video right now is done. So, yeah, I, I really respect. I'm really glad they hired you for that because, you know, like I said, it, it's 
designers of, of things are often good at what they're good at. And it turns out the weirdest thing about these games, and this is something that I've, I've learned from like a limited amount of board game play testing that I've done, is your players really quickly figure out what you didn't think of. Like they, are, they capture so much you just didn't know or didn't have time to think about. And so there's so much player wisdom now that, that needs to go back into that process and help people go. So I'm excited to see more player-driven kind of stuff. Yeah, it'll be extremely interesting to see, especially when, you know, we talk about three years down the road, and this is actually a good transition to get into our next kind of bit before we get into your your topic. And I can't wait to introduce your topic of what you brought to the table for today's water cooler. It's really awesome. But uh, let's talk about the last thing here, which is three years down the road and looking at the roadmap as a whole. Um, you know, they've done fairly well for themselves. Like, you know, in terms of roadmap, like we had Atlas, which was the maps, uh, tax and government programs. Then we launched on steam and then they had convergence. It's like, they've delivered like on everything. And, you know, I, I, if you look down at their plan, these are kind of interesting to me. So, okay. Yeah. The first one's population development, extension of the existing population simulation to allow growth based on satisfaction over time. This adds a more long-term component to base operations. I'm not sure how much I like this idea, frankly. On um, satisfaction over time. Yeah. It, to allow growth based on satisfaction over time. I don't necessarily know what they mean by so that. So like that means, yeah. that means that essentially you can have – so if you satisfy your population well enough – like at a hundred percent all the time that your population will naturally grow beyond 500. Well, if that means you get more territory than that. Might yeah. Be that's good. what that means. Essentially. I think. I see, well, what I don't is know. your population? What is your population? Your population well, is I your, think that's your amount of work. Yeah. I, I, that'd be curious to ask them. I, I would definitely say. Well, that, maybe it's about, maybe it's about planet operations. Yeah. I, I that would make more sense. And some of the other stuff has this feeling like land allocation while space on planet surface. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's, let's not get out of ourselves. So, but, I, but I do think I do see some things okay. around like they're definitely thinking about that. Yeah. But I don't know. What, I don't know what this specifically means. <clears throat> I will admit I interpret this to mean that the population grows only when you like you have to make them happy to get them to grow. Correct. No, no, I understand that. But I'm saying that. That's what I'm saying, but like, what is the population? Is like the amount of workers you can have, or the amount yeah, of workers I, you have. I think if I was to guess, this is one where you can't just plunk down a full base and get everything day one. No, but like, like for instance, like you're like a long like a like a veteran a veteran player will have like a veteran base that will have like a thousand territory instead of their five hundred. Yeah, I don't necessarily think that. To, I, I think, think that'd be may- cool. I think they may be talking about the rate at which you get like settlers and pioneers may be based on that. Yep. And it could be planet. That could be planet wide. All right. Let's go on. We probably energy that one running, running a base and operating production requires energy. Depending on the environment of your base and kind of production process, energy requirements might differ widely. The availability of different energy sources becomes an additional criterion when choosing base locations. So, wow. You read that so well, man, like read audio (laughs) books. I really, I will say... Those periods were just on point. Just bam, bam. It was like Guitar Hero. (laughs) 
now you're making me blush. So anyway, I, you got me flustered. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> it's a podcast I, first, everybody. It's it's going to be on the bonus so features. <laughs> so I guess I would say, like, it's an interesting idea. It, it, to me, it seems – now, I'll just give you my first impression. Fiddly. Fiddly. Fiddly's right. We already talked about this fiddly. Right. So I, so I, I would well, we talked about how it was fiddly with the ship, was it not? That was the fiddly well, part. Yeah. Well, fiddly was like the, the supply chain for uh, rations versus drinking. Just sure. extra extra steps. I honestly don't know. I mean, what if you had planet, planet-wide logistics you had to figure out? <laughs> See, if, if they do this right, it might be oh, interesting. Man. But if they're just going to add more costs, there has to be. I think the thing I'd say to this is there needs to be more reward, right? So sure. if, if you're just adding then another. Then you get more territory. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If, if, if you're going to put some scaling in or something as a result of this, hey, great. That's that's awesome. Like, it's not. A, I think you actually had a good idea, right? The ability to create more space with something expensive and consuming, so that if a player does want to grow their base industrially, they have to solve some problems. I think mean, that's a great idea, and uh, I think that does add some good things. Exploration. Oh wait, well I was going to say one last point before we move on, um, and I hear you're just fantastic reading skills. Um, is that's like also like a prestige system if you want to think of it like an idler. Where it's like, uh, like, you know, uh, after like a long time, you go to a prestige system, right? And then you you reset to some degree, and it's like, and that it, that's kind of like what I'm talking about with these base systems is like the veterancy. There'd be like a veterancy experience thing that you get like really up to the echelons of like prestige ten, essentially, in terms of your yeah, territory I, size. I I have long since come to appreciate, um how important these things are to have little rewards. Now I've, I've seen, these are I've, like far flung rewards, right? I've, I've seen probably the single worst tech idea I ever saw. And I will not embarrass my former employer on this one, but somebody came up with this idea to reward employees with little, little trophies for things that they oh, did. That sounds amazing. Rules. And I'd hang them was, around my cubicle. But these were like really trivial sort of. Oh yeah, no, no, that's the point. I'd hang them around my cubicle. Yeah, I'd make a plaque even. But I was just like, really, and I get why they were going for, it, but it was it. I'd it make was really plaques fun. for other people's awards. Of course you would. Yeah, I would. I I thought it was kids these days, but it was. Uh, <laughs> hey, you want a, but it you was... want an award plaque? <laughs> Sixty bucks. <laughs> So I, I did work at a company that was really big on giving those out, and I just remember seeing everybody had them in some places. It was, it was an interesting experience because the the founder of the company had figured out that instead of paying people if you just gave them little trophies, you would make them just about as happy as if you gave them money, and so this was a much cheaper way to do that, <laughs> and uh, that's why they did it. It was uh, it was clever, Hard but yeah, you know, well, because it does look. I, I think you've hit on a key thing, which is the ability to brag, the ability to celebrate. Oh no, dude, this is this is not is. bragging. But but you, know you read saying, this though. room very wrong. <laughs> no, no, I I I wasn't talking about you personally. I'm talking about the giving people in a game a you know big fancy icon that's just their own, like the whole like wow with the world firsts 
just the 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 I did this thing because it was difficult. Those things carry a lot of value. Like they really add to a game. So yes, things which are you know veteran. Hey, look, I'm the big powerful veteran. That's good stuff. That you you want to keep players excited. Give them little things like that to work for. I totally totally buy that. And prestige. That's you know that's. So yeah, if this is a prestige system or helps with that, that would. I think that actually is an improvement. Like I said, there's fiddly, which is just work for no effort. And there's like little, little achievements or things you've done. Those things I think are special. I, for me, like, uh, I'll give you a specific example back when this was, uh, they've got made it much, much easier over the years, but years ago on wow, I did the winter spring frost saver, which sure. is like a, that was took a, that took time. And I had a big <clears throat> celebration when I did it. It was just totally just a, hey, look at my cute mount. It, it didn't mean anything to anybody besides myself. But I was very proud of it. And it's it's like, and, and WoW is the only, like, the, the big hero awards I ever got. Because it's just something you had to go and do. Yeah. And it took time and planning and effort. And it meant something. And even though it had no other impact on the game at all, it's... I look back to my WoW experience of 15 years ago, and I'm like, what do I remember from it? Well, I remember doing that, right? So, yeah, there's there's value in that. I definitely buy that. I will say, if you look at the one right below this, the switch, this oh, one really okay. catches me. Exploration. <clears throat> the characteristics of a planet are not visible to anyone. Players have to investigate planets first to see what resources they offer and what the atmosphere looks like. Um, that'll last three days unless they're careful. Yeah, well, and so I was thinking about that. I was like, okay, this is going to last like three days kind of thing. Like, <laughs> so I don't know if that's the case. Like, it'll be really easy. But what if it's like, like if there was a lot of planets, let's go with that. If there was a huge amount of planets, um, no, it would not be three days. The then other thing, too, is that it's not open to everybody. That Everybody builds like maps, essentially. So if you want to build like a complete map, you need to like stack multiple maps on top of each other. Or you need to like, you need to cartograph all the planets. Well, it, it depends on how much they make visible, right? If 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 they have any kind of API where people can pull in or share, then this will this will go pretty quick. Right? I have an idea. What it'll be? I got this. Don't relax. I got this figured out. What it's going to be is you send down a probe to the planet, and it takes a year to get back to you on the data. Bingo. Yeah, maybe. But then the question is, how do you avoid other people getting it for free? No, no, no. Somebody makes that sacrifice. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the part. Yeah. I mean, we we we'd, we'd make a trophy for you and ship it your way. <laughs> I, I think it's an interesting idea. It's just a question of will it will it add enough to the game? <laughs> this this is the classic thing, right? Is this add enough to the game to justify the complexity? Yeah. I mean, it may, maybe the answer is yes. Uh, it's a good I, question. It is yeah, a good question. It, it, we we don't know the exact answer. So that one that one suggests that they're thinking in ways beyond just the static map we have today, and you know that 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 suggests a level of thought about the universe that is kind of beyond what the game is right now. So I'd be kind of curious to see what they do with it, because right now spending fuel and going out and exploring planets, I mean. Why even go out to the edges? Like, what are you going to get out of it unless you're a very experienced player? And then if you are a very experienced player, then it's just extra work to do. 
So, like, what's the plan for that? I'd be curious. Yeah. Your guess is as good as mine. Private exchanges. Corporations can open and operate commodity exchanges of their own, which allows them to control the materials to be traded, the fee structure, whether to offer escrow or not, what player rating is required to trade, and many more settings. Do you know, what I'm, about like, to, do you know what I'm about to talk I, about? I hate this idea, but that's just my first thought. I'd be curious what you think. What do you mean you hate this idea? Okay, so I, I, I have been down. I've seen this in too many games. Okay. I played Dark Age. I'm going to go to my old man thing. I played Dark Age of Camelot. And oh, get what, ready, everybody. Story time with Lex. One of the moments that the game really began to weaken was when they let players have their own houses. There is a problem that happens in these group games where you need places where everyone operates together. Dividing the world in a way where you have private, specific things like this breaks an already diffuse world into too many parts. Now, I'm not saying this couldn't be done, but central CXs where everyone goes and, and works and trades, that's good stuff. I think if you start breaking the world up, there's a risk that you're going to destroy your user population. You're going to There's not a lot of interaction as it is now. And, and maybe this would improve it, but I think this risks that. It's, it's now, we're, we're going to get all the, all the things that everybody did together. Now we're going to go do in our little click over in the corner. I'm not usually a big fan of that. I think it, sure. I think it breaks apart. But like this, would, I think would <clears throat> this would be okay. It says private. I was going to say this is open to the public, but it, it says private. Private, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it's. It, but do you not think it would create a, create a community that this would be part of the game? Because like I've mentioned it. I don't know if I mentioned it to you in um in uh, what was it? Was it last podcast that I mentioned to you that part of this game really is. Discord. Yeah. Yeah. So part of the game is Discord. And so, so that's like part of the game is like that you figure out these private exchanges by going around to the community. Like if you just stick to like the UFO Discord and the Prosperous Universe Discord, you haven't played the game, I would argue. So that's I. A bit, that's I, a big point I'm just making. Yeah. I see. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I agree that there's parts of the game that you're missing. But you you have to you have to be careful about elitism and you know, the any anything which keeps players. So, like an argument I truly did buy was the argument that you did not want to have buy and sell contracts on the CXs. I thought about that one, and I agree with their point, which is you want new players who are not into the game, haven't bought the licenses yet. To you want them to have access to the public markets, so I I actually do think that I even think having four CXs is actually probably one too many, right? Uh, just personal opinion. I I think that the CXs are very good for the game. Now I think you could maybe improve them, but I think having places where there's liquidity and products that are sold to the overall market, I think is positive. That's personal opinion. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, I, this this could really work, mind you, but I worry that that's because in sense, in a narrow sense of just helping a corporation do business within the corporation, that's good. I I think they that is actually a missing feature. But to me, that's more like a corporation internal exchange, which wouldn't cover everything. I could support that, like just having small corporations able to 
trade within their own players. That's not a bad thing. But you don't want to you don't want to move too much of the stuff off the public exchanges. That's <coughs> my opinion. Fair enough. Move on. Ever look, yeah, infrastructure. Infrastructure. Shared planetary structures that affect all bases on a planet. Um, I cool. Sounds good. Gives everybody a reason to do. I, I, I'm totally on this, right? Give give people now. Admittedly, you'd have Next to. That's what conflict. <laughs> no, continue. Well, but the it's a good. I think it's not a bad thing to have group projects. It, the danger. One hundred percent. I think it'd be fun. Only da only danger is it reinforces the trend to put everything on one or two places, because then the they just start well, getting all the. A merry-go-round has typically one pull that it gets structured by. So I mean, maybe. I, I actually not merry go round. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not actually going to shoot. I'm not going to piss on this idea. Like it, it's it's got some good ideas to it. Yeah, so I, I think it'll be fun. I think like like a group. You know, everybody's on the same ferry wheel. We're all riding this thing, and we're supporting the ferry wheel or what have you not. Right? That's the kind of idea. Is there's some sort of group project that we're all on together. So. Next conflict introduces military conflict into the game, allowing corporations to conquer the infrastructure of planets. Players with bases on these planets will only be affected indirectly by changes in policy, but will never lose property. Oh, I'd say boy. this is like almost our equivalence of like gambling to some degree. It, the problem is, is there's not enough. Okay, so conflict can be a nice sink, right? It, you follow 1984, use up all the excess production. There's not enough excess production in the market to support this today. No. They would need maybe they could get there, but they're not there today. Three years from now, maybe. Maybe maybe there's enough extra of just stuff that having ways to pull some of that out and give some rewards would be good. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm totally opposed to this idea. Not today, not with the current economy, but maybe maybe eventually is what I'd say. I, I do like that this is not a combat game. I think you 50-50, right? Uh, this is not a game for people with guns to each other's heads. Every game's like that. There's already enough competition without needing that, but just minor quibble. Land allocation. Well, space on planet surface is already limited. This feature will grant more control over who can use land and under which conditions. Yeah. Um, I'd have to see this one to know. I, I... No, this is a big problem with her corporation is the fact that there was going to be this issue, but with this, it's like it allows us to even like it allows us to even advertise what we're trying to do to some degree. Actually, no, I love this. This is amazing. It, it's got bigger implications than you think because then it allows us to advertise what we're doing, so that we don't have like people just crowding us, right? And then we can actually be like, yeah, we're actually we got this planet called Nascent, and if you want to set up here, we're open. You know what I mean? Maybe I I, I yeah okay. I, I actually see the idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If it once this comes down to implementation, just to not be too ham-fisted, but assuming that it's well implemented, it might it might improve certain aspects of the game. Uh, you'd obviously, I'd be a lot more supportive of this if the if we had more planets that were not newbie planets that were really good. So that's a whole separate thing. But that but you know I know they're working on the game. Yep. And then Apex license trading allows players to sell their <coughs> Apex keys to or buy them from other players. This uh they do this in Eve. This is just an Eve idea. It's it's oh. fine. Yeah. I don't even know what it, that is. I actually don't even know what it is. Like I'm like, all so right. It, well, I it, know what it is, but like I'm like, okay, like it, like it sell, allows sell for real in game money. So okay, so So that's a pay, follow that's pay to win then. 
Uh, so the, the, it's play to win with a trick here. It allows players to sell to other players their licenses uh-huh. for money. Okay. It, 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 has, it is play to win. It's not as play to win as some other things. Okay, and well, back super- up, back up. So yeah. how does this go? So in this game, so if I had 40 bucks, yeah. I would pay to get $40 worth of licenses. And then players, on the market. players would give me in-game cash for those licenses. They would, yeah, they would give you in-game cash. So you're essentially that's pay buying. to win. It ha- yes, it it's not and that's pay to win. And everybody in Eve is okay with that. Yes, but part of that is the Eve economy is complicated. I so is it like I'm, there's a high inflation? Is there a high inflation on that? No, it's 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 more than just Eve's got some gigantic ships. So like they they've got ships in that game that are incredible. But then that up. boils down to let's go back. Then that boils down to what that goal boils down to is a better end game, like a bigger end game. So here's my here's my why I'm okay with it. This does not actually increase the amount of materials in the game in any way. Okay, it just transfers them between players, and so the overall economy is just basically shifting. It does allow rich players to get a lot of money. I don't. I actually support it only on one for one reason, really, and that is, it is a way for the game developers <laughs> to get paid. And and essentially encourage creation of money that they need to have without necessarily completely destroying the economy. Because the one thing this does not do is destroy the economy. Sure. If a player buys, I get a bunch what of these no, players, I get exactly what you're saying. I'm following you all the yeah, way. It, it's not like the greatest thing ever. It really isn't. It's just a very wealthy players who've got lots of money can essentially, you know, essentially use that as a way to get free if i've got a whole bunch of money i can buy someone else's license so essentially i you you get a bunch of my money which i could have given you anyway like there's no rule prohibiting me giving it to you and i get the right to play without having to pay a fee so it's not as bad as some other structures but yeah it does let somebody with a lot of money come in and buy things and even it's not such a big deal because it's rich players building big expensive ships that then get blown up in combat so it's kind of it's yeah. I think it may it may okay, be more than... I get it. No, I get it. No, no, you know what? You've explained it extremely well. You should uh developers, if you're listening to this, get Lex to explain to people how it's a great idea. He'll 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 saying, change people's minds. I I'm saying it's an acceptable idea. It, See, this is what I it, it's a vehicle I use to communicate to people, Lex. The yeah. Podcast. <laughs> so like I said, in a perfect world, this kind of thing might not be necessary, but it is it is useful to the developers for them to have money streams without it completely distorting the game. And to be completely fair, it doesn't. I don't really care if somebody comes in and gets a bunch of money and builds some bases. If if he paid for them, that that doesn't that doesn't excite me. It's it it doesn't. More importantly, it doesn't destroy my gaming experience because there's not just a sudden amount of, you know. There's not a, a whole bunch of new bases popping up out of nowhere like that. That re- somebody has to have the money; they have to transfer it to somebody else. There has to be capacity in the market, so you know it, it's not entirely game breaking. I don't love it, but it, but as a game company that's trying to get people to pay money to support their product, and as a sure. person who benefits from it, I things which are not <clears throat> things like this which are not completely destructive to the game. 
or give just crazy unfair competitive advantages. We're not all going to battleground and shooting each other, and you've got ten times as much as everything else. I mean, yeah. Now, if you mix if you mix this with conflict, and people can buy to win conflicts, I, I think then you have a problem, right? Yeah. That's that's that's. You have to be careful with that. But if they if they manage that, then they're okay. All right, moving on. Uh, future plans. Private trade. Read it off, Lex. All right. Future plans. Private trade. While trading on commodity exchanges is very convenient, you might want to keep a transaction private for a variety of reasons. The system will allow you to make private deals directly with other players to achieve just that. I think done. Are these, are, they, yeah, I think are, this is things, done. I think these may be things that they... Okay, no, these no, are... There, there's other things. We're, we'll get there. So this one's done. Flexible contracts, Next. more control over the contract system, allowing to design custom contracts, for example, loans or supply yes, contracts. Yes, 100%. Politics, a system that grants players... Oh, you, fact you agree with that? I, I actually do, yeah. I just, oh, okay. They, they've, they've been working on this kind of thing. I'm totally... Contracts are a good thing. Awesome. It, it, and what I mean by that is... I. I Contracts don't distort the game. Yes, there are going to be situations where rich, powerful players will interact, but they they could do that anyway. This just makes it doable when it makes sense. You're not. This isn't fiddly. This is just cutting out a useless step by letting two people trade without having to do some sort of BS trade in the middle. That kind of thing, I think, is good. I totally support that kind of thing. Okay. Politi a system, a politics, a system that grants players within the faction the right to influence certain factions. Faction-wide policies Waction. to the voting system. Faction policy. Yeah. Faction policies. I, I mean, I'd have to see this. It, it seems sure. interesting. Um, you know, what they mean, what exact things they would control is what you have to see. But yeah. Yeah. And, and, and where your votes come from is a whole other thing. But yeah. whenever goods are tariffs, whenever goods are traded across faction borders, tariffs might be charged based on faction policy. 100%. Terrible idea. Terrible idea. <laughs> oh, Terrible no, idea. guys. Podcast. Okay, okay. <laughs> So we have differing right. opinions. We're breaking up. Here's why I have a differing opinions. This works if there's really strong, well-defined faction differences and reasons why the factional world should be separate. Because because of the players, it's a, it's a player. When I see faction, I meant I see player faction. Uh, I think this is. I think this means like the four factions in the game. Okay, fair enough. If I, I see this as player faction, but okay. I got what, you, and, and, I got what you're saying. Yeah, if that's the case, yeah, maybe, yes. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Maybe. I, I, we'll have to see what this is. But to me, like anything which divides the game, the game is not... There are times to divide a player population, but they're usually when you've got large amounts of players and the divisions create a competitive game that's interesting. This, I don't know how this would do that. So that's a whole thing. Fair enough. As, asteroid miners. Uh, using specialized equipment, players can search for and exploit asteroids. Uh, this might be an interesting neat. thing. To, yeah, neat. Uh, that's what I'd say, neat. Potentially open up some more avenues for things uh, that aren't there today. Who knows? Um, information trade allows players to explain information about planets, business of asteroids, and other data for money. Same it thing. Sounds cool. Yeah, it sounds to me like they're adding some things that just aren't there yet that they want to add more to the universe. That might be really cool. People are talking about mini games all the time. This could be one of them. Yeah. Uh, orbital structures allows to build space stations and orbit around planets, allowing the use for ships transport to not require the ability to land on planetary structure surfaces or fly within atmospheres. 100%. This, yeah, 100%. Getting, getting rid of one of the big 
just logistical. Yeah. Yeah. This is like beacons. This is actually very similar to beacons. I think this is what beacons is. And then deep space structures, similar to orbital structures, but these structures orbit around a star instead of a planet will most likely serve strategic purposes. I'll go back to my, this works if there are valid reasons to create competition that are workable and the economy is able to support it, yeah. then it would work. Right. Yeah. Uh, stock market allows companies or corporations to list on the stock market and players to trade in stocks and rake in dividends. I can't wait. Yeah, as as a finance, I'm really frugal. tempted to uh, yeah. to to do something like that already with our core. I've thought about this many times about doing this with uh, Nascent Mercantile. Well, and I think the thing that might be interesting, and, and where I would extend this, is allow. Give me it money. Would be very, <laughs> it'd be it would provide a method of potentially going back to what we talked about loans last time. It might be a loan mechanism, right? You just buy in, and instead of just floating loans, it's also a way to buy into people's plans, and you get something in return. I, I love this kind of mechanic where you've got stocks and stuff, so I'm totally on board with that. Uh, companion apps. While making the game itself mobile-friendly is not part of our roadmap for the time being, special-purpose companion apps this might be kind of, This already up. came out, sort of. Yeah, I, I'm cool with that. Uh, APIs provide interface for players to develop connected apps to use PU. Similar. It's, it's there. Uh, yeah. Hopefully there's more built out. And then... Uh, Steam, App Store integration, good stuff. So they yeah. had, I think they've already done some of these. These are totally good things. Yeah. No, every every move that they've made that's been major has been just bang on. Oh, it's been fantastic. I, I'm I am rough. I, I am rough on them, and I, I hope if they listen, it's not a it's it really meant as a constructive critique. Good game. Want to see improvements, and I, yeah. I don't say so, that enough. One of the things. So three years down the road, what is the game? going to be for us what are what are, from this roadmap okay I'll, I'll phrase it like this from this roadmap what is the one thing you want to see most for me i want these ideas to expand the depth of the universe no no give me one individual if you need a second i'll go first well like then i don't necessarily understand your question uh just pick one pick one idea of these of these things that yeah. i would planned or future Let me see. Let me, let me, I'll let you pick one real quick and you can. Okay. You go first, yeah. I would say for me, one of the things I would like to see, and I kind of, I've mentioned this before, and like I talk about warp gates, but you know, beacons is probably the thing that really is going to be there. Um, but for me, what I would like to see is um, like orbital platforms to some degree. So it's kind of like an addition, like it's a really expensive, like it's like a really expensive addition, but you can like double the size of your base, um, uh, like as an orbital platform. So you have a thousand on the planet, a thousand in orbit, right? And this planet, or like 500 on the, pl on the planet and like a thousand in the orbit. And so this orbital platform acts as that, but it's like super expensive. It's like a very late game, like end game thing. So you can expand that. Um... And so that's what I'd like to see is like a orbital platform kind of thing in three years. So land allocation. So I use two. I kind of cheated a little bit. I use land allocation, allocation and uh, orbital structures. I'd say for me, uh, definitely stock market as a specific. I just like that concept. Um, 
I would say that I'm kind of like you in, in a larger sense that Anything which would allow that scaling I've talked about to actually happen at a cost, but to get away from some of this pre-industrial would be good. I would support, you know, obviously there's, you have to make that expensive in a way that keeps it from just being a complete steamroller, but players that can really grow into size and do things with it is an interesting, at, at a cost, but a cost that they can actually pay. I would definitely support. So awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay, well that leads us to the best for last here in the podcast. Lex, take it away, my friend. What do you got for me? All right, so this is a new segment. We're going to try it out, and it it gets I'm scared. into. I think I'm scared for this. No, it shouldn't I'm be hard. Scared. I'm, not gonna... I'm blinking twice. <laughs> Hell, so I've done. I've done this one very analytically in my mind, but I wanted, one of the reasons I want to ask you is that you don't necessarily tackle this purely analytically, and I think that adds another perspective. No, I'm really so scared. So the, the section is, is build or buy, and it, it asks the fundamental question of the game, which is when you're dealing with a, with a product, a commodity you need for something, or you just want to get into which is more of, I guess, you just build. Oh, man, I need but, my Prosperous but, Universe open for this. <laughs> but, but the question becomes, uh, if I was name something, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a planet and a product and maybe give you some numbers just at the market today. And if this was something that you needed... <laughs> I'm getting out Microsoft Paint. <laughs> yeah, would, would you build it? That is, would you actually go to this planet and, and do this? Or would you say, you know, that's not worth it, and instead this is something I want to buy from the market? And to me, this is a foundational question of, for players. Uh, this originally started out as a, in my feeling that in a lot of cases, beginning players should not build collectors and extractors. That's just my sense of it. But it really gets down to, should you make this decision or are you better to use your money somewhere else? And, and, and when, like, cause we've talked about the logistics. So I'm gonna start with one that um, both of us know and love, and that is the hydrogen market. And it's an input, obviously, to fuel, but it's also an input to several other things like plastics. And of I, course, I have if no you, clue what you're talking about. It's just fuel. Yeah, exactly, right? But if you look at Umbra, which is of the Goldilocks Easy Planets, is one of the strongest ones. Yeah. If, if you get hydrogen on this planet, uh -huh. and I'm going to assume that you have two workers or two experts, you can get 12.19 per day of hydrogen. Now, okay. if you look at the if you look at the market today, this is the numbers I last time I pulled them. The highest you're seeing on the market for hydrogen is about 103, and the lowest is 63. This is a little bit lower than normal; it's been higher. And so, if you look at the total you could get from this factory today, this one thing. And how many workers up, again? Uh, it this it takes uh, I believe it's collector, so I think it takes 50. 50, so one so, collector. Okay. The one collector. I did the so printer. About, I got the printer all up here. Yeah, so we're just talking about one collector. So and and, and printer's numbers are slightly different than my, which just reflects. I just the fact used that your numbers that you read off. So if you look at you know the low total, if you're getting really yep, low 93. price, you're making about yeah, if you're making about seven hundred and eight seven hundred and seventy at a low sixty three and a high of hundred and three, you're making thirteen hundred. Okay. So uh, your max three hundred and eighty is what I'm making. 
Okay, so but I'm going off of a low price of sixty three and a high price of hundred and three. So, oh, yeah, which are which are actual mark, which is actual market. Oh, that's one oh nine for me then. Yeah, so you're not actually selling at that price more than likely, but this is this okay. is you think of if if you might be able to get a price near this if you're buying and if you're selling you might be able to get a high. So you could think of the low as kind of like what's the, the sell? low in, the 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 high at the time I I generated the number was one hundred and three. It oh, changes right. all the okay. time. It changes all the time, by the way. This was just a number I had when I when I went yep. to the market, looked okay, at all the market. Continue. Prices. So if you take a look at this number, like I said, it, it'll switch. Uh, a low production. If you're having to sell at a really low price, you're looking at maybe seven hundred and seventy, seven hundred and eighty. High is closer to thirteen hundred. Now your actual cost to run this factory per day runs you the low I, I ran the numbers the low is about 420 the high the high is about 500 depending on how much you're pricing your materials at and whether you're building them yourself so you're, you're looking at you know around 400 to supply this thing and on the low end it's making 770 to maybe 1300 so if you look at it in terms of how much you're actually paying to do this per unit the, the if you source it from the market if you're getting the absolute best price, you're somewhere in the low 20s in terms of how much you're paying for these units versus if you're getting really crappy prices, it's 70 or 80 or higher. So if you are a fuel producer number, do you think this base, is this a buy from the market at market prices or do you for, invest in- For what? For fuel? To, 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 get your, to supply your fuel. You want, this is hydrogen. That is, if you're a fuel producer today, like you are, Oh, I would, you, I would, I would build a hydrogen base. Yeah. You, so you would build a hydrogen base. Yeah. Now that, so is, is it because you like the profits on it? Is it because you like the logistics? Like what is the advantage? Cause there's money in this, So, but is it, but is it enough money to, to build? You're saying like a high right now is at 70, right? The high is 70? Uh, the, high, the high is like a hundred. hundred. Okay. A hundred. And and it's been higher. I've seen the prices. And in the one so that's that a net pro that's a net profit of four hundred and forty four. And so is that enough? Is that number enough for you to go use up well, one of your permits? Okay. Hold your let's, pace and build. let's see here. I don't know. Give me a second here. I'll tell you actually. I'll have that number in five seconds. Because remember, there's an opportunity, and the thing I want you to think about is there's an opportunity. I'm, I'm cost. pulling up the numbers. Pulling up the numbers. Bear with me. Looking at okay, just a sec. I'll have it. Nope, that's incorrect. It's the other way. Okay. So I save. Uh, I save twenty dollars if I build it on my hydrogen. Is that worth the costs, opportunity cost to you? Uh, so this is what you're getting at. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you can make money doing this. Is it worth your time, effort, and resources? Oh, geez louise, dude. You're That's so right. It's not. And, it's, and I, I happen not. to agree. Because you can do so many other things. That is interesting. So you're saying measure your opportunity cost off of like 20000 or 40000 essentially. Yeah, it's just, just – now, the arguments for, right? So I'll give you some arguments for doing it. 
if you had a glass ship and you had the money sure it then then you can optimize your production with the money you've spent so it's as a as a long-term play where you're sitting on money and you just want to reduce your complexity yes so i could see that case but i think in general i agree with you that i think this is a fuel producer is better off using their money in my personal opinion sourcing the hydrogen from players that are selling it than it is to buy or to build the capacity and actually make it all yourself input all your inputs and then ship it that's just i think that's where we're at today so that's the question i'm asking you and i have my own opinions but i uh so that's the first one i've got two more for you okay and these are different these are not markets that we are either of us are super familiar with but i oxygen not one we've ever talked about now there's a couple of choices one of which is your your beloved ether wind that you were using you're using that space for something else but you could produce oxygen on it or if you're willing to go out slightly farther you can go to verdant which can produce 33.38 a day and its prices are higher on a per unit basis so its profits are considerably higher so take a look at verdant oxygen production and if you had to get into that business taking in mind the cost of moving just it a sec, and all those just a sec. Yeah. look at it go look it up verdant here it is And what am I producing on the other end? Um, any of the materials use oxygen, which could be any of the smelting materials. It's oxygen is an input to a lot of the smelting processes. So it could be used for a ton of things. That does not help. As an example of things you could make out of it, you can make uh, copper, iron, aluminum, or aluminum, if you want to call it that, silicon, steel uh looks like titanium sure aluminum yep, so any of that kind of thing oxygen is the base input to those so as someone who's in the smelting business this is a necessary input and this so is a very buy it yeah yeah is this is this something where you get into this business to build here and then ship it to your needs or so you don't it? make any profit You don't make any profit doing aluminum. Oh. But I'm talking about as an oxygen producer. Because you could go there. I'm talking specifically as an oxygen. Just do you go here? If you need oxygen in any of your processes, or do you go to Verdant and get it there? Is there enough value between how much it would cost you to produce here versus how much it would? So like your aluminum, that's an input. The aluminum you're not making any money on includes the cost of sourcing it. But you have the option to go build it on Verdant or some other place, but I'm just specifically specifying Verdant. So you could get oxygen on Verdant, lower your input costs. Would it be worth doing if you if you were in that business, if you decided you wanted to smell? Sure. So you're saying to do it then? Well, I'm saying would you? Do you, do you, do you see enough value? I would say because it is expensive. The oxygen is expensive. Like looking here... Oxygen goes for about 170 to 71 per unit, and it's uh, 1.6. Oh, you know what? Never mind then. I'd buy it from the market. You would? Yeah. 
And and what's why specifically? I'm just I'm just yeah. Because Verdant makes thirty three of them a day. Now you have to ship it, much, and that might be the reason you don't. But that's off a single collector. With... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm on a single collector. I don't have the luxuries on. Yeah. Which. So how much are you? How much oxygen are you, you know, think about that amount of oxygen versus your input cost versus what you sell? Is that good enough? Is that a good enough deal for you? I mean, you can tell the excess oxygen. So yeah, I'd say there it is. Okay. Um, by the way, I'm not telling everybody to go do it. I'm just curious. Yeah. If you I mean, with... you have the excess oxygen. So if you need to use it, if you need to sell something on like else while you're supplying the aluminum base, you can do that. Well, what would you do it just as a seller of the product? I would do it like as a side hustle, maybe. And so let's switch to a slightly less efficient deposit, but one that Etherwind. So the deposit's not as good, but you do have the advantage that you have on-site silicon production. So you don't have the shipping costs. Uh, here, I would produce the oxygen, sure. And is that just because of the shipping advantage? Yeah. Well, and silicone's right here, so I could use that. Yeah. And would you do that even if you could buy it for the market? That is, would you upgrade more silicon, or would you? Depends on the, the price, price, but probably not. No. Okay, so you just because it's not do... guaranteed, right? It's not a guaranteed thing from the market. Since and I actually, I actually tend to agree with you. I would probably. That's a situation where it's kind the of a longer bet. Yeah, the on-site production and the price stability to me is probably probably justifies that cost in that situation. I I didn't the thing I don't like about like a verdant is you can't actually use it for anything on verdant. It's just a byproduct you have to ship somewhere, and so it's really just a are you getting profit type of play. It's a very different uh, it's a very different equation I think. You got one more for me. No, that's the one I just wanted to cover three different. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, awesome. A, that was really uh, cool actually. Awesome. Yeah, I'll, th I'll throw some more in next time. I want to start I with like some that. collector. Yeah, I, I was hoping you would like that segment because I think it it is a foundational question for players, right? If you really get down to it, this is the question you have to ask because do you, are you going to try to input all your own stuff or are you going to rely on the market for certain things? Yeah. And which things play? So, yeah. Thank you very much, Lex. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, if anybody else has any topics or bits they want us to cover, uh, definitely let me know in the discord in the general lounge that would be fantastic and uh, we'll definitely try to get them on the podcast here and uh, talking about them and as always you guys are more than welcome to join us at any point uh throughout the podcast recording and drop by and say hello and check up with what we're doing 